It's time for 41 is the Mike, a weekly Chiefs podcast with Nick Jacobs of KSHB 41 and Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. 41 is the Mike starts now. Welcome, everyone. Yes, it is. 41 is the Mike once again back in your stream. I am Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest. Alongside me is all-inclusive resort enthusiast Nick Jacobs. How did you know, man? I just got, you know, I just, I just, I just left last night after the Chiefs Packers game, whenever we got done doing the post game show at about, I don't remember anymore. I think we got off air about 12, 4, 12, 15, 05, I think, or 12, 13, 05, one of the two. I have to be out by that time so we can pay for some, you know, some bills with the breaks and everything. But uh, yeah, and then I dumped down a whole bunch of video um, and put together, help put together a schedule for the week. So, um, because I'm gonna be, uh, I was technically off from work today, Monday and Tuesday. So for those listening on different days, I'm, Monday, Tuesdays are typically my off days. They're my me time, and uh, you know what? So right now I'm I'm in a uh, I'm in a tropical state of mind, Matt. With the video that I've got here, that for people that can't see on Zoom, I am uh my background is the is the is the tropical beach right now. There is there. I don't think there's anyone more in need of a tropical beach right now than anyone who is a fan of the Chiefs, or I think anyone who is covering the Chiefs, <laughs> because that was that was a rough one last night, Nick. That was not ideal. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go positive here to start out. Let's go for it. Let's find we'll, some let's find some positive. We'll get to the rant later. <laughs> right now is positivity. <clears throat> when I look at the uh, when I look at the scope of the game as a football fan, that was a really fun back and forth game, really entertaining, really compelling football game. So in that, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the run game for both sides. I enjoyed the physicality of it. I wish some chiefs hadn't gotten hurt. Um, but that was a, that was a playoff style of football game. And personally, I think that's what the chiefs are going to see down the road scheme wise come playoffs. So I think they got a, they got another sneak peek, not only with the Eagles, but with the Packers and, and and even the Lions in week one of what they're going to experience and go against. Because I think the Packers took part of what the Lions did from that game, from game one in terms of play action run game. And then I think they took the ball control concept that the Lions used, but then also used some of it from what the Raiders had. And I think they took those game plans. And then I think they took a little piece of the puzzle from the Denver Broncos and used some of that as well. So, I mean, collectively, they took three games that the Chiefs struggled in at various points and tried to put it all together for four quarters. I mean, and there's some officiating issues on both sides of the ball, not just for the Chiefs, for the Packers too, that tainted the end of that game to where people are going to have a bad taste in their mouth because of that. But in the in the overall perspective, if you were just a football fan, that's what you want from a primetime game in terms of entertainment value. Yeah, you're absolutely right. From that standpoint, I would expect that the ratings are going to be pretty strong for this one. Sure, hoping so. Too popular. Too popular. I have no skin in that game. (laughs) I mean, you know, I we know it's going to be highly rated in Kansas City and Green Bay, but yes, this is the one I would expect is probably going to do well nationwide. I mean, this was one you certainly tuned into. There was no reason to to check out of it. Certainly, both teams had a chance to win it until the very end. So, yeah, it was entertaining from that standpoint, but. Um, and you're right. I mean, I, my only concern coming out of it is really more for, you know, for the future and what the chiefs are going to see. 
I'm with you in that I think that the Packers put some things on film that the teams are absolutely going to repeat against this Chiefs defense because I think they showed that there are a few weaknesses that they have. Maybe they are weaknesses related to injuries right now. Certainly possible. Maybe that they, they things you know get changed a little bit when you know Nick Bolton gets back when Drew Tranquil is healthy again. Maybe that helps, but that's not to put it solely on Jack Cochran because this was. There was, there was a lot of plays. I mean, there was plenty of opportunities that the Chiefs had, you know, to make plays at certain opportunities, and any one of them changes the game. I mean, to me, it's hard to place it in the hands of the officials. If you if you leave the game in the hands of the officials at the end, you get what you've you, you set yourself up for. I mean, can't blame that. I mean, the Chiefs had opportunities that just didn't make the most of them. Yeah, um, from, from the offensive perspective here, I'll start there. Um, I like the run game. I love the way Pacheco ran the entire night. Absolutely. I like the way the offensive line blocked. And that's what they're going to have to lean on down the stretch here. I know they may not want to, but that's where they've got to be. That's where they got to be firing on all cylinders from a run game perspective. Because then it helps set up their play action pass. And they're going to have to lean in more to that to get what they want to do come postseason time and to be able to win football games. Like that's, that's going to be a part of that. Now the part that hurts them is when they have the pass interference, offensive pass interference, or when they have the holding penalty or when they take the sacks down there in the red zone, like Mahomes did those things combined are what derail them. And especially with where the offense is with two minutes left, you don't know if that offense is going to be able to get to the 50 yard line sometimes without, you know, they're potentially sadly being, you know, if there's some kind of call that may happen penalty wise, you just don't know because methodically it feels like they need to take more time to get down the field with what they have available. And so, I mean, there's that aspect of it on that one play. I'm curious to see the coaches film with uh, Valdez Scantling to where if he takes it a little bit wider with where that safety was angling, where Mahomes is trying to keep him from getting lit up by a safety or potentially create an interception. I'm curious to see what was behind it, but man, when I saw that live, I'm like, that may have been a house call right there. If he if he stretches out and he he's able to run the distance and they got themselves a ball game at that, you know, at that point where the Chiefs maybe take the lead or would have tied up in, in one of those points. I can't remember the score at that point, but I know it was in the in the realm there. But there's that, and then you know, you had the Sky Moore mishap on that interception whenever they were doing that play. And there's just there's just all those little nuances between the the red zone sacks and the interception and and Mahomes and MVS still not being on the same page. And at this point, you've got to accept that it's just not going to happen. It's nearly two years now. So I mean, they're going to have to go to the Midcontinent Library, find the same book, <laughs> check it out for a couple months, and see if they can make it work. I'm kidding. It's not. It's not going to work out that way. Um, so yeah, no, it was uh, it was a, it was a rough effort. And, you know, it's unfortunate that this offense struggles the way that they do to move to move the ball effectively for an entire four quarters. But the Packers were like, hey, we're going to limit their possessions. We're going to make them drive. We're going to see if they can if they can effectively move or if they make mistakes or they shoot themselves in the foot. And then um, and then, you know, they'll go from there. And so that's that's what teams are going to force the Chiefs to do. And so that's where they're going to have to decide if they want to run and play action pass to kind of have some of the answers and, and also part of take what the defense gives them or not. Yeah. And that kind of comes back to me, which is that if, you know, if you're wanting to 
assess blame on this offense for why things are the way that they are, why they are underachieving, at least to everyone's expectations. I mean, there's plenty of that to go around. It is not on any one player or coach or anything. It, everybody, as Andy Reid would like to say, has a little bit of a piece of it. And last night to me was a great example. I mean, you saw Mahomes making mistakes. You saw penalties once again causing problems. You know, saw the receivers not always being on the same page. Um, it was across the board. And and I'm I I I fixate on that the sky more on the interception because to me in that situation, you know, and there was a conversation I had online, you know, on social on Twitter X whatever we're going to call it with with Mitchell Schwartz about that because it, it certainly look, was looked like an RPO and it looked like Mahomes checked out of it to throw to Sky Moore in that situation. Yeah. Had they run the football probably pretty good chunk play with, with especially the way that Isaiah Pacheco was, was running that pass play was designed to be a pretty big chunk play too. That's what Mahomes was going for. Mahomes was going for a big play, but in that situation, I mean, the chiefs were in six minutes offense land. I mean, there was no reason to go deep downfield. There was no reason to take a risky throw because all they needed to do was run six minutes off the clock and march down the field and put it in the end zone and a two point conversion. You didn't really want to leave any time on the clock for for Green Bay. So that to me was, you know, whether that is on Reed, whether that's on Mahomes, whether it's on Matt Nagy, I mean, that's a tactical error. There was just no reason to force the ball into that situation when in that spot, what you really need to do is just run clock and run the football and go get your points. Yeah, and that's the decision the organization is going to have to make collectively in, in the in the coming weeks is like do they want to do what's going to get them wins or do they want to keep trying to work on stuff that may or may not work and so i mean they're they're at that they're they're past that point you know it's just that it's like look the wide receivers are who they are at this point so like trying to say hey we got to get a fix we got to get a fix hey guess what the the parts uh the parts that you need to fix it <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but they're, uh, you know, they're back ordered. <laughs> it's gonna take some, you know, it's gonna take some time. Like those parts aren't coming till uh, till March or April. Um, so you know, they're they're back ordered till then. So you're gonna have to wait until then to truly get this offense fixed in the way that you need. Because from a running back perspective, I'm saying on the podcast again uh, many a times, they're gonna need speed to go with Pacheco's power. And once they have that, which let's be honest, they really don't have anymore then that opens up a lot of the run game overall in the grand scheme of it and some of the passes in the flats. But what they're going to have to do to supplement that is they're going to have to use the Sky Moore and Kadarius Tonys of the world to kind of be that that receiving running back. Now you're saying, why don't they do that more often? Because they want somebody who can pass protect. And so that that's part of the reason. And then the, the, the struggle that they have is when you have the two offensive tackles right now struggling the way that they are with Donovan Smith at times through – through injury, which I think people may hopefully are starting to realize like he's trying to play through that and he can, when he can. And that's part of the reason why I think he's, you know, cause he's been in the league like almost 10 years now. Like that's, that's the wear and tear of the league. So, and one anymore ain't, ain't ready for the pass rush. I can tell you that part right now. That's, that's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot more seasoning than what's, what's going on right now, but I'm glad he got the snaps he did yesterday and the week before, and he's going to need some more of those down the road. And then with Jawan Taylor having the penalties that he does sometimes. And I want to point this out before I wander further down the road here. Um, 
what the Packers coaches I could tell were teaching them, and I'm curious to if this is just for this officiating crew, if they do it down the road, they were I can tell because it happened like six or seven different times, and that wasn't by accident. Whenever Mahomes started to take off the scramble, the guys were taught to put their arm up so that it so that the officials will call a hold, even if it necessarily wasn't a hold. Creed got Creed got hit for it. The tackles got hit for it at one point. And that was, I could tell that was by design. And it was every single time Mahomes took off to scramble, they did that. Whether they were in the correct framework or not, it just depends. But when the officials, they knew this officiating crew and they saw that, that they were going to, that they were going to call that just like on a couple of times, a couple of pass interferences or holding penalties on the defenses on both sides. When a receiver threw their hand up too, they threw it sometimes more than they than they normally would. So unfortunately, uh, Valdez Scantling on that one PI apparently should have thrown his hand up. <laughs> it would have would have been called. The piggyback ride was okay, but the hand up isn't. But I mean, that's I'm not saying they lost the game because of that. There's like 80 different plays along the way that if they go differently, they probably didn't have 80 plays in the game. I'm exaggerating at this point, but. You know, they, and they had 40 other plays that if the little little different things happen, you know, it doesn't come down to those things. Those things just get magnified because of execution issues along the way. But and then a receiver, look, they they have what they have at receiver. Like that's you know, they don't have the speed they need at receiver to be able to get open as quickly as they can, whether the offensive line is protecting or not. And Mahomes has to take off scrambling. Mahomes has to take off scrambling to get people to abandon their zone assignments. That's half the reason he does it, or he just has to do it to kind of move the chains on down a distance so that it stays successful. So yeah, just, just with all of it combined, it comes down to the heart of the matter. You don't have speed at running back. You don't have speed at wide receiver. And because of that, you're trying to put as many route options as possible out there. And when that doesn't work, Mahomes has to take off to scramble. And if you do leave somebody in, it has to be to help chip on one of the tackle sides. And then along the way, it derails because of a turnover or a penalty. So it's just the margin for error is next to none for what this offense has talent-wise collectively in terms of what it's all all is together. Yeah, I mean, and I kind of felt with the injuries last night, I mean, the Chiefs were kind of playing that way, having to play that way defensively last night, too, that they were just on the edge the entire night because they were, I think, frequently close to making plays. Um, You know, they did not, they were not able to do the one thing that they've consistently done this season, which is be able to get teams into third and long situations, in which case they can take advantage of that pass rush, take advantage of the blitzes and really get things done. You know, Green Bay had a lot of success on first and second down, so they were able to get into some, you know, easy conversion situations. But the one play that I fixate the most on, on the defensive side was that fourth and one. Uh, with love throwing to Romeo Dobbs. And, you know, if you watch the play, it, you know, it's zone coverage, which Chiefs don't play a ton of, but they mix it in. And Cochran picks him up, you know, in the usual situation, that would be Drew Tranquil who would be picking him up. Um, Cochran really doesn't obviously have the speed to keep up with Dobbs. Tranquil would be tough, but he, at least he's, you know, more experienced in that situation. Right. This was also just a handful of plays after Brian Cook goes up. So Mike Edwards is on the back end of that play. Um, Justin Reed comes over too, but you know, in that triangle that that Jordan Love just heaved the ball into, which was not a, I mean, there was no tactical aspect to it. I mean, that was that was Jordan Love just punting the ball, 
And in an ideal situation, if you're the Chiefs, you knock it to the ground, you get the ball at the midfield, and you're in a great situation. But instead, fourth and one, that miracle gets hit, and you got two guys filling in for starters and injuries that are in coverage there. And it's just bad luck, I mean, for me, for the Chiefs. I mean, because that play goes a different way. I mean, it was a 14-12 ball game at that point. The touchdown makes it 21-12, a lot more difficult. If, if Otherwise, hey, if that ball fall isn't complete, Chiefs have it at their own 44, down by two. I think they win that game. I mean, that's how close that this game was. Yeah, the frustrating part of that play is just uh, nobody went to go make a play on the ball. <laughs> it just felt like everybody's like, he's got it, he's got it, he's got it. Oh, no, the receiver got it. Like it just it just seemed like nobody was willing to make a play on the ball. And I mean coaches film may show something different and I'll probably I'll put that out Tuesday, obviously, whenever that arises. But there was that and then the the thing that frustrated me from an officiating perspective, and Mike Dana didn't get his right arm up, so that's on him. I'm kidding on this part. I'm being sarcastic, but it goes back to what I previously mentioned. He had a he had an awful hands of the face. The left tackle had the hands yes. of the face, and like it was it was disrupting him from from getting the sack on him. And then, like the left tackle let go at a certain angle, and so my guess is that's whenever they finally saw that. Oh no, he didn't, and that's why it didn't get called because they weren't paying attention until the point where he let go of it. And but that's what kept Mike Dana from blowing him up whenever he's starting to fade back. And the and the other thing the other thing that's so crazy is like. Jordan Love is is an awful passer when he's when he has to get off his spot. That was one of the few times where he got to the spot, he stayed there and chucked it up. If he drops back a couple steps, I think that thing's under significantly underthrown. When the Chiefs got pressure a handful of times and he had to take off running or he had to get off the spot on a couple of them, his his accuracy goes way down. Like it's not even in the ballpark. And that's that's where his weakness is, and that's where teams are going to take advantage of that that have the capability to um, whether it's in the secondary or pass rush, but yeah, the, that was, that was such a big moment. But then on the other side with the chiefs on their third and 18, when Mahomes got, you know, scrambled around and was able to get his Kelsey, that was the moment that gave you a lot of hope again. You're like, oh, okay, there's the chiefs to old right there. There's that glimpse right there. And then they moved the ball down the field and, you know, they were able to get a score off of it, but yeah, it, you know, there's, there's just so much right now that, that is keeping them from being able to really put it over the top and win by 10 or 14 against some of the teams that they, that they've been playing, but the Packers had a good game plan. They were willing to be physical. The chiefs for however long it was there, almost it felt like almost a quarter before they really started to kind of turn it on or to get into any sense of a rhythm. That's where I'm more concerned two weeks in a row the defense just looked flat and the offense for the most part looked flat there for the initial quarter in two consecutive games now. Yeah. And in a, in a couple of categories, uh, I think yardage and specifically, you know, the, the chiefs gave up 382 total yards. That is their worst of the season, which, you know, in today's day and age in the NFL, the way the chiefs defense have been played only giving up 382 and having that be your worst day of the year is it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Now, the other concern is that I think the the Raiders put up like maybe 360 some odd yards last week, so that was like their second worst performance. So, yeah, this has been two weeks where the defense has not been what it has been. So, I mean, I I do you do have to have some concerns about whether it's the injuries, whether it's about the league getting some things on film that they're taking advantage of. 
you know, they're going to get a good test this week against Buffalo for me. But, you know, it's I don't think that the glass is completely half full, Nick. I mean, I I mean, or half empty. I mean, I think it's half full. That's a good thing. I mean, I'm I'm not that pessimistic, Nick, but I think that there are some Chiefs fans out there that might need some love and attention right now. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell by my uh by my Twitter X mentions or Twix mentions that yeah, no, there's there's some people out there that uh they take losses hard, man. They take a lot of losses hard, but they seem to forget where this organization was five, six years ago. And you've you've set me up for my rant here. So we'll, oh, we'll get this. All right, we'll get this settle on everybody. It's, so it's... I know the urgency that everybody has is you've got a franchise quarterback. You can't waste every single year or you can't waste a year with a franchise quarterback. You don't know what it is. You, you don't know any of that type of stuff. I get what you're saying, but there's sometimes where when you put the, when you put the roster together, it just doesn't work. You guess wrong. Sometimes you pick wrong. Sometimes guys don't pan out and it's just not a good mix of chemistry or skill set for what a team needs from now on going forward. This team knows what they need for Mahomes to be successful because they've now been able to see what happens when you take certain things out of the equation. Where I, where this sense of urgency I think keeps coming from some Chiefs fans is the fact that they want him to be able to beat Brady and be and Patrick Mahomes to be seen as the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game and that he's homegrown and that he's a Chiefs, you know, that he's a Chiefs player. Look, Mahomes can be one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played this game. Like that's he's. He's done enough in the in the window to show that he's one of the he's going to be up there in the conversation as long as he can stay healthy for, you know for a significant amount of time going forward here. But Mahomes is going to be there's going to be a stretch there where he's going to be the one of the best quarterbacks not only in his era but in NFL history. He's already put a lot of as you would call pelts on the wall. But the thing you say, look, did the Chiefs struggle and did they you know is their plan at wide receiver working out the past year? No. It's not, but I mean, like you can't fix everything in season. Like not, not everything is, is fixable. And then I know that sounds awful to say, and I know that's frustrating, but like what this organization, the key for this organization is going to be when you stub your toe, what do you learn from that? So you don't stub your toe again. So the key will be in March and April and maybe even May what do they do answer wise for what's happened at receiver and for some of the depth they mean to do running back, what they mean to do to a tackle. Is there another spot down the road? We're going to find out over the next month and a half that they need to adjust on as well. I don't know. We'll see, but the answer will be, what do they do when March and April come? And guess what? It's December. It's early December right now. We haven't had, we haven't had Christmas yet. I mean, had new year's. So, you know, until those things happen, like you're just going to have to see what it's just going to keep each week is going to keep reinforcing what this roster needs to be able to go forward and to get to the level or to even evolve and be something even better offensively than we've seen during a Mahomes era. Sorry. I didn't know as much in this one. It's still, still a good, great rant, Nick. I mean, and absolutely on point to me, Um, you know, and I get, I mean, I, I definitely get, the frustration and understand it that you know the question is you know hey why do you have your franchise quarterback in a situation like this where you you have a receiver room that isn't performing the way you want and you hit on it to me which is that sometimes 
things just don't add up. I mean, you look at this and, and the Chiefs obviously thought that they built a receiver room that was going to have a good year. I mean, they felt like that. I, I mean, I think that Brett Veach would even tell you, even though we've not heard from Brett Veach since the start of the season. So, you know, that's another thing that I, I think that fans would love to hear from is to hear from Brett about what his perspective is on how things have worked out this year. Usually we hear from, from him after they clinch the division. So if the chiefs do win the AFC, which, which are going to, I mean, let's be realistic. They've got a comfortable lead in the division. I don't think that things are going to so fall apart that they don't. So we'll hear from Brett at some point in the next few weeks and we'll get his perspective on what maybe went wrong at the receiver position. And we'll see what his answer is, but you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, this is a guy who has built for, you a couple of Super Bowl teams at some point you do have to have a little bit of leap of faith that he's going to fix it but you're absolutely right I mean the die is cast this you weren't fixing or changing this receiver room really at all once you get the training camp I mean even if you wanted to make a trade I mean bring in a receiver into an Andy Reid offense midseason it's just not going to happen so I mean that's part of it but what he learns from it. And that's what I, I I resonated from your rant. It really hit with me, which is because we have seen what happens when he learns from things. You know, we saw what happened in the Super Bowl and he vowed, you know what, against, against the pack, against the Buccaneers, that his quarterback was never going to have to scramble for 500 yards again, that he wasn't going to put himself into a, a position there. And the Chiefs have done that. I mean, they've built a, a deep, good offensive line that hasn't had those kind of problems again. But you know, yeah, I mean, and I do remember Brett Veach after the Sammy Watkins signing, said one of the things that he said was that, hey, he's always going to make sure that Patrick has weapons. Did he do that this year? I think I think Brett would probably tell you that he le- he let him down. He let the team down maybe because things didn't work out that they want. But if you think you're going to stand pat, I mean, no, I mean, there's going to be changes. I mean, they are going to do things this offseason to try to remedy the problem. Yeah, and and the other thing that I'll throw into that into that mix is that I I don't know how to, I don't know how to phrase this in, in, in this way, but w- when you take a look at NVS on the on that one play when he needs to take it when he needs to take it wider uh, on that one where Mahomes threw it further outside and um, and that safety's coming down and there was the miscommunication on that part. You should already have that. That's one of those things where you, that's what you did. And that's what you did in Texas. That's the whole purpose of what you were doing in Texas. And when you were doing those workouts and going over those things and going and potentially going over film together and, and all that combined, those were what you built up. So when that moment hits, you connect and that turns into a touchdown. And the fact that that didn't happen, like, I mean, that's, that's frustrating. And then that's, that's, that's a bummer overall. And, you know, it's, it's, it's you know it's yeah I, I i i don't know how to say it any any more than that but like it it just look it, it they are they are who they are at this point and like i mean they've they've done everything that they can like i i can tell week after week looking at coach they're trying different things they're trying different formations they're they're trying different levels to get Mahomes comfortable, to get the receivers comfortable, to get everybody to where they want to be. But like, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. 
but it's not it's not from a lack of trying. It's just I know everybody wants to see the results and everybody's locked in on that being on that being what has to happen. But I don't I don't I don't know. I mean it's it's frustrating that it's happened. It's frustrating that, you know, things may not work out the way that everybody wants them to, but like we won't know. We won't know until until March or April, whenever they have that opportunity to be able to do that. But I mean, like you said, Veach has proven before that he will be relentless in doing what he needs to. And the other piece of the puzzle that people seem to keep forgetting is, and I said this last night, and it just seemed to gloss over some people, is the Chris Jones contract played such a big part in them not being able to get something done. Like in my personal opinion, when you look at the grand scheme of this thing, and this is kind of where uh, this is where you're dealing with the you're dealing with the the effect of what happened earlier when the Chiefs had to make their move for Tyreek Hill, they had to make a decision: do they trade Tyreek Hill or Chris Jones last year? That was the decision that they that, that I mean, at the end of the day, they had to make because they felt they were probably going to be able to pay one of them, and then Tyreek was the one who got the better return that helped them win the Super Bowl. So you gave Tyreek uh Tyreek Hill up to win a Super Bowl. Now <clears throat> with Chris, they, they maintain Chris. And then, you know, in terms of contract and everything that's going on there, you would hope that something would have been uh, would have been available to get done. And clearly the number didn't match along the way. But then you go in this offseason, you're probably thinking, hey, we can get something done with them at this number. This number will make sense. We can get this done, get some cap relief, and kind of, you know, do this plan or that plan or accordingly. But when you don't have that, when that plan isn't able to work out and you don't have the money to spend, then, you know, you had to, <laughs> they had to piecemeal some stuff together just to get Drew Tranquil, Donovan Smith. And uh, Mike Edwards, after they paid for a right tackle and Jawan Taylor, which may play left or left or right tackle at the time when they're thinking about it, that's the part that everybody seems to keep ignoring and glossing over is that the money that they probably allotted in the budget to be able to spend, they never got to use because of the stalemate. So DeAndre Hopkins couldn't come here. Maybe there's another guy that they were interested in that couldn't, you know, couldn't come here, whether it be through trade or whatever it may be. And so it's just that that's the part that I think people keep forgetting when you look at the the full scope of it versus just in this moment. And the bum and the bummer part of it's probably gonna be, I mean, with how much you're gonna have to put in receiver financially with Chris Jones, you may not be able to pay that, you know, to be able to pay that contract in general with how much is going to need to be fixed on that offense. So that's the tough decision they're going to have to make. And from a trade value perspective, if they did franchise tag them, you may not get the return that you were hoping or thinking of that potentially could have been gotten two years ago. But if you do, if you traded Chris beforehand, like I don't think you win the Super Bowl last year because of how dominant it was and the, and the money that he helped to earn himself. So you were, you were in a tough spot. And the other part of it that I know people are going to bring up is the draft aspect of it and how the Chiefs haven't really hit on the wide receivers that they've gotten in the first three rounds. I mean, you know, so I that's the part that they're going to have to collectively figure out as a scouting department. And Brett Veach is going to figure out, and they're going to have to work with the coaching staff to decide, hey, what do you need trait-wise? Patrick, what does he need trait-wise? What does Patrick need? What does he like? What does he need in a receiver? And how do they all collectively get together, get that feedback and make that work to get the receivers that they can develop on, on cheap contracts 
but then also anybody who hits the free agent market and then having enough money to be able to sign those those caliber of uh, wide receivers. And, you know, and Rasheed Rice, remember, is two yards short of Tyreek Hill's rookie numbers for receiving yards in 2016. Yeah. That's the most by a rookie receiver under Andy Reid in Kansas City. If you can't get excited about the prospects of the future with Rasheed Rice, right? I mean, you got to be pretty pumped. I mean, that is a key building block right there. And just one more thing I wanted to touch on before we, we wrap up, but because the Officials? other thing I hear... <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing I another thing I hear from a lot of Chiefs fans in the last, you know, 24 hours, 13, 14 hours is, you know, where's the accountability? And and I get that from a little bit standpoint because, you know, Andy Reid's not going to come out and rip his players. That's not the coach that he is. This team isn't going to point fingers. They're going to do a lot of the self-accounting. I mean, you've seen a lot of that from Mahomes. Uh, you're going to see that from Andy Reid. I mean, that's that's the style of the organizations. It's the style of a lot of football coaches is you don't point fingers in public. It's behind closed doors. But, I mean, rest assured, there's accountability going on behind the scenes. And, and you can even get glimpses of it because, you know, normally Andy Reid, when asked about things, is going to say, put a lot of it on himself. He's always going to say, hey, I can I can call better plays, put guys in better positions. You know, I need to give them, you know, put them in better places. I, I need better play calls in the red zone. And he's done some of that. But, you know, when he said last night, mentioned and acknowledged that, you know, Sky and Patrick were not on the same page on that throw, that is a pretty broad uh, a statement of accountability from Andy Reid because he doesn't normally make statements like that. So the fact that he did, and if you if you don't see that as Andy Reid, you know, holding his guys accountable, because remember anything he says to us, he's saying a lot differently and a lot harsher behind the scenes. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt. I mean, there will be accountability this week. It's just as far as just raising the expectations, because this team has sky high expectations. They're just as high as the fans are, and they know they're not meeting it. Yeah, it's just people want to people want to see that in the public town square, and when they don't get to see it there, then they get frustrated by it. I I, I understand, but the. The reaction each week afterwards tells me if it connected or not. But when I look at the scope of what Andy Reid has built here, and people can, and certain Twitter accounts can say I'm still living in the past if they want to. Um, but when you look at this, like the Chiefs are a premium franchise. That is what Andy Reid has turned them into, to where you're upset if they have four losses in a season. There was a time you were just hoping they made the playoffs. There was just a time you were hoping, man, I have to make it to one AFC championship game. I don't want to have to just kind of lock in on that 93 season or wonder what if in 95 or 97 or 03. And, you know, just to feel that helplessness and hopelessness in some regards. And you you just had to cling to some of those sad moments in Chiefs uh, franchise playoff history. Like Andy Reid, think about this, still has not had a losing season with this franchise. Has not had a losing season. You know how hard that is in over a decade of football to not have a losing season? That means you're a coach that understands how to build one heck of a culture that no matter what player comes in here, they know the certain standard that they want you to hit and that they want you to be. Whether you can physically do some of those things or not is is going to be up to you. And if you can, you stay. If you don't, you go bye-bye in the car. So there's that aspect of it. And like I said before, 
been to five consecutive conference championships. I would have been happy if Andrew went to one in his lifetime, let alone five in a row. And then on top of it, you went to three Super Bowl appearances in the past five years. You won two Lombardi trophies. You had two parades down there at Union Station. And you may say that I'm not expecting enough of him and everything. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, there's franchises around this league. The Packers wish they were in the Chiefs' shoes. There's a reason. Here's 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 the thing. Here's the one thing. One thing else. And this ended up turning more in rant than anything else. And I apologize. Is there's a reason teams get up for Kansas City? It's because they see their culture, what they built, as the standard, as what you need to be successful. The Broncos were able to ride the wave for four or five weeks after they beat the Chiefs, and kind of, and then the Texans brought them back down to earth a little bit. But the Packers, the Packers are going to ride that Lions win and then the Chiefs win to say, hey, all right, wait, we did that to Mahomes. We were able to do this and that. And you'll be amazed at what the Packers will potentially do here if they don't give, you know, for any team that doesn't get full themselves after beating the Chiefs, which, you know, has become a rare occurrence. And that's, you know, that's a tribute to what the Chiefs do on a on a week-by-week basis and how they approach things and how they're able to put it together, even when times when they may not, you know, be... May take it, may have a quarter where it's not up to par or play calling where it may not be up to par, or everything. But I, I don't think people appreciate enough and they've just gotten so accustomed and used to the having a coach like Andy Reid that built the culture that he did to where each loss turns into what it has for some, for the fan base, for parts of the fan base. You're, you're fortunate and you're lucky. And there's going to be a time down the road where you're going to be like, boy, I really miss those Andy Reid Mahomes days. I really miss that Sunday night football. And there are franchises around the league, and you think the Patriots fan base ain't feeling that right now? I think there's, 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 the Packers fan base is frustrated that the amount of Super Bowl wins that they have when they had Favre and Rodgers for as long as they did. Like, I, I'm just saying, man, like you, at some point, like, I have, I'll, I'll say this point, but like, I got faith in Andy Reid's culture. It's a winning culture. It succeeds, and he's always going to give them a fighting chance. And then he's got a franchise quarterback that also gives them a fighting chance every time. Now, what they do at receiver and running back and and some other positions during the offseason, that will determine the level of margin if they have a bad day, if they have turnovers, if they can't turn it on or off at certain points. But this season, in my opinion right now, is a reality check of what you need to stretch out the margins so it doesn't come down to a holding call or a pass interference where a guy was getting a piggyback ride on, you know, MVS or, you know, or a hands to the face for Mike Dana. Those, you know, those little officiating things that can be frustrating. Um, and then the Packers had some on there, like the Mahomes uh, unnecessary roughness. Like I'm like, eh, the rice call and he, you know, they called it PI and like, eh. <laughs> so, you know, and it went both ways on that. But just, I'm just saying, man, like at the end of the day, whenever you're looking at it from, I don't know, from a much higher vantage point, things, things, things can be frustrating, but you can't live and die by every single week of what, of what the football team does. The fact they're, you know, they're inconsistent and in in a week by week thing, that's going to happen with some of the youth you got. Like that's just, that's just the world we live in, Matt.
That is. And, you know, and I, I've been saying for a little while that, I mean, this team does remind me a little bit of the 2021 team in that, you know, the, at least as far as some of the offensive struggles and trying to figure some things out with the things that they're seeing defensively. And you know what? I mean, if that's the worst thing that happens is that you you every once in a while get a reality check that means that you lose the AFC championship game. There are franchises right now that would died for that to be their reality check because usually their reality check is what the chiefs used to have you know a 2 and 14 season that's the reality check if your reality check is you know losing in overtime to the bengal's by 3 in the afc title game that's savor that cuz i would have i would have loved that when i was a kid <laughs> i would have loved that in the young my younger days cuz i didn't see that because even when the Chiefs' offense struggles, like they did at times yesterday, I still was thinking during the game, I was like, man, this still ain't even in the ballpark of some of the Marty offenses you had to watch in the 90s. Not even in the realm. They still scored more than some of the Marty teams where you felt truly hopeless that that you're like, well, there's eight minutes on the clock in the fourth quarter, and they got to drive the length of the field. Don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, so... Like it, I, I get it, and I know there's a certain standard and certain level everybody has grown accustomed to. But look, it, you know, there's a, there's ebbs and flows, and right now it's not going the certain flow that people wanted to. I totally get it. You know, we 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 started the, this pod talking about just uh, what a great game we just saw and a competitive game, yeah. and, and a big reason why is because it was a big deal for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, they needed that game last night. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a, essentially a playoff game for the Packers. Chiefs going to see that again this week. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a playoff game for the Bills because they're coming back off the bye week, but this is their chance. I mean, they need this win to get back on the right side of 500. They need this win to prove that they are still the Buffalo Bills of the last few seasons. And obviously they've had a lot going on in their bye week on and off the field. Um, let's see what happens. But I, I expect the Chiefs are going to get absolutely nothing but Buffalo's best effort. Yeah, they're getting, the Buffalo. Since they made the OC change, there's some stuff they're doing better offensively that they're that they're gonna they're gonna bring against the Chiefs with the passing game with Josh Allen running the football. Well, occasionally with them maybe properly using Cook better and some of their motions that they're gonna do. Um, the Bills' defense with McDermott still gonna have some struggles against even the Chiefs' offense, and the Chiefs can take full advantage of it. That'll be the interesting matchup. The key factor for me though is. With the Chiefs playing such a physical game against the Packers on Sunday night, how close can each one of those players get to 100%? And you're not going to be 100%, but how close can each player get to that after such a physical game that with the Bills, on the other hand, having a full week of rest and be able to fixate on the Chiefs for two weeks if they want to about how to beat them? Because here's the reality. Sean McDermott still isn't over 13 seconds. Like, that's that's kind of their peak of where they were. And just like just like the Eagles wanted that game against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football, Sean McDermott wants to be able to sell not only to the players, but to management above him and the owners that he can slay that Chiefs dragon. And this is the week where he needs that. And if he gets that, he'll be able to ride that wave for a couple weeks, just like other teams did for buy-in. So this is where the Chiefs, whatever they got to do with the Arrowhead crowd, whatever they got to do this week, 
to be able to get to that level and turn that switch on. I don't even, if they need jumper cables, I've got some, um, we can, you know, we can use whatever. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a week where the chiefs got to turn it on and they've, they've really got to bring it. Yeah. And I, I'll be surprised if they don't, I mean, this is going to be a, a gut check week at Arrowhead. I, I know that in that locker room, I mean, there's going to be some, there's going to be some feelings and thoughts this week, Nick. I'm uh, I'm more of a, uh, you said feelings and thoughts, right? I did. I'm more of a thoughts and feelings guy myself. I'm just kidding. I know. I, that's why I love you, man. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Any uh, parting thoughts before we go? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I, I'm just, I'm irritated at how poorly officiated that game was at the end. And I'm not talking from a cheese perspective. I'm talking in general. It was both like, that, was, that was a fun football game until the final couple of minutes there. And I, I don't want to see... Rep- replacement ref caliber um, effort there towards the end and some makeup calls for both sides. I don't want to see that level again, whatever the NFL has to do for some of the accountability. If they need a sky judge, I don't care, but it really generally needs to be looked at in the off season, especially with how much other, let's say betting sites, the way that they're being involved now, like you're going to need if you want those guys to be sponsors for you and stuff like that, you're going to need to technology so far advanced right now that we can see it better than the officials can, because yes. we get all the replays, we get, we get all the camera angles that they don't. And so you need to catch up to technology. So whatever the league has to do to catch up to technology, so that it's a even playing field for the officials to combine with what the fan experience is on television like the that's that's gotta happen. That's gonna happen in this offseason because it's not just the Chiefs Packers game. There's other games where it's happening. There's other crews that are struggling. And if they gotta have a Sky Marshall to kind of help out in some regards, then that may be what they gotta do. But they there's a lot of money involved in it and there's a lot of stuff that you need you you need to make the game as close to fair and balanced as possible so that those margins for a lot of teams, not just the Chiefs, but a lot of teams across the board don't let it turn their season and lead to some unemployments for some teams that, you know, kind of wrecks some of their seasons. There is an RFID chip in the ball that allows the NFL to know exactly where the football is at every point on the field. And yet we still use chains to determine whether or not it's a first down. I, I, I just want to leave it to that, Nick. And Matt, that is a, that is a good fact. It's like, it's like I just, I just like, love that the Pacheco when Pacheco threw the punch, and he got you know thrown out of the game. I just love that the only reason they had that angle was, was from the pylon was cam. From the, it was from the pylon cam that they had to put it there for the first down marker. That that's how they were able to. That's how, that's how the television. Uh, audience was able to see it was purely because of that. <laughs> the pylon cam for the first down marker, not even the end zone for the now because the, now they have the pylon pylon for the first down. Yeah, I I got nothing, Nick. I mean, well, Matt, I feel like that's a great closing spot for us. Then I, I, hear, I, I hear Simisonic playing closing time for us. I mean, other, otherwise, we're going to go off on officiating for another half hour. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Let's enjoy our Monday. <laughs> that's right. Let's enjoy it. 
Uh, that wraps it up for this one. Chiefs lose a tough one, but back at it this week. We will be coming back to you next week, next Sunday, after Chiefs and Buffalo. So look for us in your podcast feed then. And as always, we appreciate the support, appreciate any comments, feedback, anything you can do, spread the word, good or bad, hopefully good. Let us know what you think. We always appreciate it. Well, at least let me think. Don't don't be messing with Nick because Nick is is uh, rightfully so doesn't need your negative attitude. So you can bring the negative. You can bring the negative comments to me, Matt. I like I like that idea. I really do. Okay, <laughs> I don't I don't have I don't have, I don't have time for that. I got enough stress in my life as is. I don't need exactly. More. I let me deal with the admin work. So. <laughs> nailed it Matt nailed it (laughs) thanks everybody we will talk to you next week have a good one you've been listening to 41 is the mic presented by KSHB 41 your home of the Chiefs and Chiefs Digest 